start doing gratitude. Mm. Learn to be grateful. Learn to really appreciate what you have. And I didn't, and, and in retrospect, looking back, I, I see a lot of my pitfalls was really at my own demise. Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. For a few days now and it's uh yeah it's it's crazy times right now it's exciting i bet i gotta tell you man i'm a little jealous looking at you right now i uh you know i i walked to work work this morning it was a beautiful day you know the beautiful colorado days it was like sunny high 60s i went in like a polo shirt and then i'm getting ready to come back home to the studio to record and there's a thunderstorm and it's freezing <laughs> and windy and cold and i didn't come prepared for all that you know, and I'm looking at you in a nice t-shirt, a tan already. And I'm like, all right, maybe. Well, if it makes you feel better, I had to put on a a long sleeve shirt when I was at the beach yesterday. So (laughs) it does not make me feel any better, man. I had to go put on a hoodie. (laughs) I'm freezing. Oh, But anyway, man, I'm really excited about today. What what do we got for the listeners? Yeah, this is exciting, man. We have, um, uh, Dr. Sean Tippins. He's asked us to call him Sean. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to get to know him a little bit better. Uh, he's referred to us from one of our past guests, one of our favorite past guests, you know, Erica Payne, uh, uh, yes. who I think might be uh, our top uh, downloaded episode or top two, one or two up there. Uh, last I checked, uh, she was fabulous. And she referred us to uh, Sean and, and I got to talk to him a little bit over the phone and uh, he's doing some really exciting things. And I'm actually uh, really uh, want to know not only what he's doing, but how he's doing it, because he's 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 doing it from he, he's impacting lives uh, all the way from Mexico City. And he and so that's where he's at now. But I'll let him tell us a little bit more about that. So, Sean, man, welcome to the Wayfinder show. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited. Yeah, so oh, are we. Same here. So I guess let's just start off. Tell us a little bit about your background and, and then let's let's dig into what you're doing now. But let's set the table a little bit for the listener first to let them know who you are. Fantastic. Yeah, my name is uh, Dr. Sean Tippins. I actually um, <clears throat> hail from Anna, a small city, Anniston, Alabama, uh, two city lights. So if you blink, you're out of it uh, before you even know you're there. Uh, got up from that and uh, actually went to the military, uh, Marines. So I did that for nine and a half years. Uh, just trying to find myself. I knew I didn't want to stay in Alabama, so definitely went to the service, kind of opened up some options for me. Um, I knew I found I found out then that I actually love traveling. I really love just seeing cultures, different people, um, just new experiences. That was something that just always gave me this zeal for life. I mean, there's just so much more beyond the, the small city that I uh, actually hail from. 
uh, from there, uh, still just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I, mean, I knew I had to get out of, you know, get out of when I graduated high school. So I went to the military. Hopefully that'll give me some answers. Um, I didn't really like being told what to do. So um, <laughs> after nine years, I decided to uh, part ways. <laughs> Uh, with the military and just kind of strike out on my own. And I, I knew I was good at math. So I decided to go into uh, chemical engineering. So that was kind of wow. my first shoe in uh, out of college. And uh, actually after doing that, I decided to do a minor in civil. So I was a civil and chemical engineer, did that for 16 years, uh, really designing bridges um, <clears throat> all for the uh, Northeastern part of the US. Uh, so from Maine, pretty much to like New York, uh, designed and build bridges and various roads. And uh, that was a good bit of fun. But um, a really good friend of mine actually helped me to get into what I'm doing now, which is um, really helping people. So I had a really um, a very fantastic career uh, by all accounts. You know, the, the, the money was pretty okay, uh, afforded me to have a good living, but there was something missing. Um, I really wasn't really serving people the way I wanted to. I knew I liked helping people. I just didn't know in what capacity. So a really good friend of mine, he says, uh, have you ever get, given any thought to counseling? And I said, no, I, I don't really even like people like that. I don't wanna get involved in nobody's mess. So um, hard pass. Uh, but he showed me a way. He just kind of kept planting the seed. He didn't force it on me. He just said, um, if you'd be willing to come out. He knew I worked a lot, you know, 12 hours, 16 hour days. Uh, long story short, he asked if I could come out to a weekend, a seminar. It was Saturday. He said, it's just an hour and a half, 90 minutes. I said, yeah, I wasn't working. So he caught me on a good day. I wasn't working. I didn't have nothing to do. All right, I'll come, I'll come check it out. And since then, it just opened up a cataclysmic whirlwind in my head of new opportunities. Uh, so from there, um, <clears throat> learning that there is a way that you can actually help individuals um, with God's word. I'm a Christian counselor, so definitely uh, faith-based, and it allowed me the opportunity, uh, which I never knew that you could do, which was use the Bible to really help people have more healthy, uh, happier, and more functional lives. And from then, it really just kind of took a life of its own. Um, four months uh, into it and just basically going through the courses, I took a serious leap of faith and just quit. Hmm. Okay, and, and that's one thing with me. I mean, I'm all in or I don't get in. So after doing that, um, it definitely ruffled a lot of feathers uh, on the home front. Uh, so that was a zealous decision, but probably not the wisest decision. <laughs> but I never turned back. So from there, um, it just kind of helped me to uh, unleash what I do um, to a broader scale from just the state of helping individuals. Um, I got into counseling really to help my family. I come from a family, uh, five brothers, six sisters, so very big family, a lot of dysfunction. And it turns out a lot of families are just like mine. So I didn't even have to go and kind of solicit or market because uh, my family were like, yeah, just talk to my brother. Maybe he'll help you, you know, talk to my brother. And that just how everything kind of grew from there to bring you up to what I do now. Wow. How, uh, you know, we, we can, you know, Adam and I are both, what you did is very entrepreneurial, right? Just to jump 
and and try to do something to start your own thing based on your passion and everything, right? And I think Adam and I and a lot of our listeners can relate to that, right? Um, but like you said, it's scary. What like who you know you you mentioned your the home front. Well, who did that consist of, and how did they react to it exactly at that time? Well, my, my wife at the time, and yeah. I've, I've been counseling now since 2010, since 2010, so just over 13 years. And when I told her what I had done, <clears throat> it didn't go well yeah. initially. Yeah. So there was no and conversation before you took the leap. You just you just there, quit there your job and then told us. Told him exactly what I was doing. Now we didn't, uh, you know, didn't lose the house, didn't lose the barn, uh, right. everything. Uh, but just having that conversation, it was something that I needed to do for me. Yeah. And as a man, uh, as a husband, that's a hard pill to swallow. To step out on faith and do that. Uh, but yeah. I told her, if you can believe in me and just trust me, um, we will not falter, and we'll, we'll stay afloat. And and we did. Um, right. on all accounts uh, but really just having the courage and that's what I mean when I say if I'm all in I'm all in and I go full tilt so I knew I couldn't fail that wasn't even an option I didn't know exactly how it was going to work out I just knew exactly that it would yeah so so was all your counseling right from the beginning kind of a one-on-one thing or did you, did you have groups that you presented to or how did that what did that look like I started out actually one-on-one because I had to build up the confidence of first learning to talk to people then uh, at the same time dealing with my own indiscretions that was unchecked Uh, a lot of Mm -hmm. childhood trauma uh, Mm -hmm. unresolved daddy issues a lot of repressed anger a lot of um, just resentment in my own self that started coming out as people started getting better and helping them with their challenges things that are going on with me started just bubbling to the surface and Mm -hmm. I couldn't keep ignoring them because Mm -hmm. I'm giving them stuff that will help them live more functional lives and looking at myself and still struggling. Yeah, no, I get that totally. It's like the, uh, you know, the metaphor of when you're on the airplane and you got to put your own life mask on before you can put the other people's on. It's just like that in so many ways You, you sometimes you're trying to help people, uh, you know, you want to just pour into these other people, but if you're not taking care of yourself, you don't really have as much to pour into them. So it's just so important to get your own stuff right. So did you have your own counselor or coach or therapist or something like that kind of helping you get through that? Or did you just go off on your own? No, actually, I, I and that's because anything that I get involved in, I, I like to have mentors because it's definitely, if, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, take others with you. Yeah, And that is so true because definitely there are things about this field. It's, it's totally new, never done it before. So I know I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, but I just like to grow through them instead of keep repeating them. So definitely having mentors. Uh, and, and when you start out, you have a supervisor or somebody that shadows you uh, before they just kind of put you on your own to make sure there are protocols, uh, definitely confidentiality and things of that nature. But a lot of times with me, I didn't even know I had a lot of challenges until you start seeing other people get better. Right. And then it's like your own conscience convicts you that um, you probably need to take that course yourself too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So what was the course, the, the first one you went to exactly? Like what well, was the name of it? The, the name of it is actually um, <clears throat> really understanding temperament counseling. And this huh. is really uh, the specific way that God made us. We're all individual. And it helps you to really understand not only how God made you, but also just the uniqueness. I mean, yeah, we all have our own uh, fingerprint. You know, we all have our own uh, DNA cellular structure. Yeah, we, we kind of similar uh, look similar to our family members, but all of us are so unique um, when it comes to hair follicles, our own signature. So all of us are very unique and how we handle and process challenges is equally as unique. So knowing how to specifically tailor a person's challenge, whatever they're going through, uh, to fit them. So an example would be, let's say for men, anger. Okay. Some men, you know, we say some who are kind of introverted, they'll just kind of go inward. Some who are extroverted will just kind of act outward. But it's a lot deeper than that. So without going too deep, um, everyone has a specific way of how to actually handle challenges, and they also mm -hmm. have a unique way of how to resolve them too. So how do you find that out? Is it just randomly, you're just having a conversation with them in like an intro call or or do you have any kind of uh, process you take people through to really figure out uh, how to customize your program to them? Absolutely. And uh, there, there's tons of programs that you can actually take. Uh, there, there are little questionnaires. There's, um, you know, you can, um, we, we started out, we used to do Myers-Briggs and it was this, okay. oh, yeah. this 500 questionnaire and it's like, yeah. that's, too much time. It's like two hours just to get through. Those that. are long. Yeah. Uh, so we narrowed it down to 18 questions. Okay. Uh, and, and there is no right or wrong because it's the individual, but they're answering from their heart. And what it allows is to really just see, okay, how this person, when it comes to um, their affection control, which is how much control they want versus how much they give, uh, how much affection they want versus how much they give, and socialization how much they want to interact with others and how much they want with them. So everybody has varying degrees on these three scales. And that's what really governs our life, how well we socialize, control, and our affection or family. Did you develop that test yourself? No, 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 from I didn't. The... Oh, okay. That's uh, from, from my uh, counseling, which is NCCA, National Christian Counseling Association. Okay. Hmm. Uh, they actually developed it in 1983. So that um, <clears throat> really helped us. And, and one thing when it comes to counseling, I guess I kind of, it was kind of taboo uh, for me because, I mean, if, if you're not bleeding and nothing's broke, nothing's wrong with you. Right. Uh, but since COVID, I mean, uh, and now mental illness is considered an official illness, um, it just really unleashed uh, a whirlwind of challenges that people struggle with internally. Hmm. Yeah. So what kind of, you know, what what is it? Do you have like a specialty, a niche within that of folks you work with? I, I do. And it, it, I didn't find this out uh, when I started counseling. I just started it. And then as I started doing it, I kind of found my niche. So I specialize in substance abuse, sexual abuse, and eating disorders. Uh, because that's things that people that I know and personal family and friends uh, struggled with severely. Uh, a lot of people just really, instead of trying to handle challenges, just kind of suppress them. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. yeah. So drinking is uh, food doesn't fight. So people eat uh, even when they're not hungry, when there uh, is nothing else to do. So let's eat. And so so eating disorders was a major one, even for me, because I used to be uh, 389, uh, very wow. depressed. Uh, but now uh, being 198, uh, definitely. So we'll, we'll get into that. But it so it really helped me understand how much we lean on food uh, when we have dysfunctions in our in our own thinking. That's Congrats great. on that. Yeah. Thank could you. you do you mind talking a little bit more about some? So what were the challenges you you realized you had? Obviously, you just talked a little bit about your eating disorder and, and weight. Um, you know, but did you did you as you went through this and you discovered more of your own issues, um, what, what were they? How did you overcome them? Uh, uh, and I, I call them challenges. So yeah. people say problems, people say issues. They're, they're really just challenges sure, and sure. Be, be, because we can overcome them uh, yeah. if we're willing. And my own personal story, I mean, I'm, I'm very transparent in that. Yeah, I was just uh, really depressed and it wasn't clinical depression. Uh, but I was just unfulfilled with just the way my life was going. Um, I just didn't see no way out. I, I just kept seeing people exceed at a high level and couldn't figure out how to get there. Uh, I'm I'm reading books. I'm doing going to seminars, and I just keep hitting brick walls. And uh, just uh, my my 30s were just basically Hennessy and Twinkies. Mm. Uh, which is a very dangerous combination. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. so in hitting a low point, I would say I was 36. I'll never forget it. And even thought about uh, checking out suicide. Oh. Uh, really, a really good friend of mine um, who didn't see me in years, she saw me, meaning she saw the condition that I was in. Um, I, I had blown up. I gained like almost 189 pounds in a very short period of time. So that's a lot of food and not moving much. Yeah. And she actually took me by the hand and just kind of guided me out of a very dark place in my head to see that, okay, God has a, and I'm still counseling, by the way. So even in coming to your passion, um, knowing that your own internal struggles, you can't ignore them. And God definitely sent me an angel by her to, to help Sean get right, not only mentally, but more so emotionally. Hmm. That's great, right. man. So would you say that getting your health back was kind of that first piece and you started to do that and, and then got more into the emotional, mental healing or did it all kind of happen together? And spiritual no. healing too it sounds like right well, a a actually more so the emotional healing because how we feel plays such an important part to how we actually behave how we function how we see life a lot of that has to do with how we feel about ourselves mm -hmm. uh, many people struggle with low self-worth self-deprecating uh, i'm not good enough just really low self-esteem so one thing that really helped me with that is even in my current condition at 389, she asked me, what are five things that you're grateful for right now? Okay, I'm still breathing. I still got a chance to be better. I still have common sense. And, and just being able to just do that, and she had me do that repeatedly, repetition, okay? 
what are three, what are five things you're grateful for, even right now? So the physical weight pretty much almost came off when I lifted my emotional health to a brighter place because it was in a dark place. Mm. I love mm. that. So were you doing and I'm just curious, it were you did you have it like a daily where you did these five um gratitude or was it a couple times a day or, or how often did you do that? I did it every day, five a day. It became and a routine. Yes, make it Perfect. a routine. And the key and the key is you can only use three in a month. So I can't every day, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my family. You know, you have to think of something new to be grateful for. And it really expands your mental, your, your, your thought processes. Because about, yeah, about day 18, you kind of start running out of stuff initially yeah. un until you open your mind to see that it's infinite. So yeah, but every day uh, since then, 2016, I do gratitude every single day without fail. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I, I totally get that too. I started doing daily gratitude a while ago myself. And I, and I can't even say I do it every single day, but I do it on most days. And and I had to get to a point where I was like, okay, I need, uh, what I chose to do is get specific, like something that actually happened today. I do it at the end of the day. I do it at night and think of something happened because it's really easy to just be like, okay, I'm grateful for my kids and my wife and my dog and you know, that kind of stuff. Right. But if I, I get more specific, like, oh, I'm really grateful that this guy opened the door for me when I was trying to carry out a box. You know, it's just, it's, it's more helpful. I think for me, at least to okay, just get specific yeah. about it. But yeah, that's cool, man. It, gratitude's an amazing thing. You know what the, I don't even know what the old adage is, but you can't be angry and grateful at the same time or something along those lines. That, right. That is true. So, that is very true. Yeah. Is so that a cool. place you find yourself starting with your clients nowadays when they come into you or where are they usually when they come into you? Look, when, when people meet me, they're typically in a very dark place and yeah. God brought me through my own journey so I can really empathize with people in theirs. So the way they carry themselves, the way they breathe, their posture, their, their hands, the way they look, their eyes, they typically look at the ground. I mean, so I can, uh, I'm, I'm really big on human behavior, uh, not just in the mind, but also just your physiology. I mean, it speaks volume, the way they carry themselves. I can look at them and pretty much be accurate as to where they are mentally. Hmm. So again, they if they come in, it's a dark place that they're at. What do you do first? One, I, I, I have them just breathe. Uh, just uh, okay. five, five deep breaths in your nose, out your mouth, you know, just nice and easy. Because a lot of times women want to talk to really just kind of get better. Uh, men have to literally be dragged into counseling. Either it's an <laughs> Im imminent threat, um, divorce proceedings are in question, or uh, something that they really don't want to endure. So it, it has to be a great persuasion to get typically most men to come in because it was really taboo for years. It, you know, uh, you're seeing a nutcracker or uh, something, what's wrong with you? So, yeah. Uh, but women typically, even if they're in a bad place, they want to fix it. So just getting men to be at a place that is okay to definitely get help because we don't know everything. Hmm. Yeah. And that's great work you're doing. So do you counsel mostly men or all men at this point? 
No, I counsel both. Uh, okay. You know, cu- couples, men, children. I try to stay uh, maybe 18 and above, but I have resources available uh, definitely when children, uh, kid, uh, children really ain't my strong suit. So I try to put them with people that can best serve them. Yeah. No, that's you- great. I think we all kind of have our own niche and our own. So it's good to kind of stay in your lane. It's probably the best way to stay in your lane. It's probably the wrong term, but you know what I mean? Just try to be the mo- most helpful you can by by really knowing exactly what you can do. That's great. Absolutely. I'm still curious about the steps. So so first thing they come in to see you, first of all, have they self-elected to see you? Meaning- Most of them, yes. I, I get very few um, court orders. I think I've had maybe, I can count on one hand, no more than four easily. Uh, but typically it's those um, that, that, that really want to be helped because right. um, <clears throat> I only work with people who want to be helped. A lot of, if, if you're coming in, kicking and screaming, um, a lot of resistance, I, I just, listen, you don't have to do it. You know, hey, yeah. just come back when you're ready, if you ever get ready. But my steps are really, uh, the first time when they come in, um, it's just a consultation. Yeah, just uh, really try to keep it light. I typically have either um, scenery or just kind of meditation music. And the, the onus is to have them calm. Okay, mm-hmm. We can get a lot more done uh, when they're calm. So most clients typically come with defenses. Okay, I don't know you. I don't trust you. Um, so that kind of has to, you want to build rapport, uh, if you will. Because even if it's for them, they have to feel safe enough to be vulnerable with you. Yeah. And, and many people don't. So depending on how well you can do that um, will determine how fast or slow the process of healing goes. Yeah. How long would you say it takes people usually to to open up to get to the point where you can do really meaningful work? Is it four sessions, 10 sessions all over the map? Oh, no. Um, Typically, given the gravity of the situation, but um, just to give you an average, I would say uh, two sessions because whether it it doesn't matter the offense. I mean, adultery, cheating. Okay, I can't stop eating. I'm I'm, I'm drinking and I can't stop um, whatever it is. If they have a heart to really want to be better, you can do a lot more. But then that comes with skill too, just knowing how to actually keep them in a safe, humble place to where they trust you. So trust is very big and important Mm -hmm. um, in this line of work. And are they coming to you through the church or how are they they finding you or how are you finding them? Uh, Actually, I I, I do... um, Uh, a lot of panels to where um, I, I actually initially it was just word of mouth. Yeah. Talk, talk to my brother, you know, it, and, and it's funny now looking back because uh, I think maybe till just last year, they actually saw me as a legitimate counselor, but I'm the youngest. Uh, well, I'm the ninth youngest. So most of my siblings are older. So, wow. yeah. And you that, have nine siblings. That, well, it's five boys and well, six boys and six and six. Okay. Wow. So yeah, so I'm the ninth youngest. So I'm closest to wow. the baby side. Wow. And yeah, so yeah, that's my little. That's a brother. big family, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of problems, a lot of yeah. challenges. So <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah, so it started out. Well, yeah, just talk to my brother. Hey, maybe he can help. And yeah. then from there, it just kind of really blossomed word of mouth. Um, uh, I've actually uh, just recently, since uh, COVID or 2020, um, been doing a lot of. Uh, platforms with like congregations and churches because they typically don't have a counselor or someone on site uh, but a lot of people have challenges and need some either just advice or whatever so that's when it really just kind of 
took off. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, about this time, like 2021. Okay. So, so where, where were you? Were you in Alabama when you started doing this work? No, I left there at 17 and never went back. Got never. it. Never. Okay. <laughs> Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and, and, and nothing's wrong with the, the great state of Alabama. Um, I just know it, it wasn't for me. So I started doing this, like I said, 2010. Um, I just started was in school, coming through the, the courses of just how to counsel and what Christian counseling entails and the idea of how to actually use biblical principles to help people. So I didn't really get into my practice until like 2015, November 1st, 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you were in the, were you in the Northeast at that time? I was actually, yes, I had actually just moved to Michigan. I just relocated to move to Michigan. And then from there, because they didn't have a a Christian counselor in the whole state. So there's, there's not many. um, And it was between me and a young man who had just gotten married and their wife was pregnant. So I said, I'll I'll go. (laughs) So they needed one in in Michigan. So I went to Michigan and actually just left Michigan. I want to say last year, October 13th of 2022. Got it. And then where are you now? I'm in Mexico City. So I knew (laughs) I've I've always wanted to travel. um, So I wanted to take a couple years off and and just kind of travel the world. I mean, this planet is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, um, People around the world, they just have the same problems. It's just in different languages. Yeah. Okay? People want to feel significant. People want to feel loved. And people want to feel seen, like they're, that they matter. That's around the globe. I don't care where you go. And helping them to really learn that. So my first, so, so Mexico was kind of a soft shoe in to the traveling around the globe because you're on the same continent. And uh, before you cross either of the oceans, uh, definitely. Um, it's uh, Central America. It's really beautiful. And uh, they have challenges here just like everywhere else. So this is a starting point of my two to three year or however long sabbatical. Uh, okay. So, so you've been you... in Mexico City how long now? Actually, I started in Cancun. And that was uh, from Houston to Cancun. I think I stayed there maybe 10, 10 11 days. Okay. But from Thanksgiving of 2022 uh, to present. Got it. Uh, Mexico City. Very cool. And do you have a, an idea of how long you'll be there? Or are you just kind of playing it by ear? Well, you get a six-month visa. So you, you have to leave after six months. That's the longest. They, they can give you a shorter one, but 180 days. And then after that, you can decide uh, where you want to go. But you have to leave. Now, you can come back, but, but you do have to leave the country. Right. So are you what? doing virtual coaching and counseling as well to to past clients in the States or now are you focusing on, on Mexico? Actually both. So I, I thought my plan was to just kind of take a break, but it has actually escalated, but wow. it's kind of cool because I can still do it at my pace and definitely help people because I know what it's like to definitely be in a really dark space to, to definitely want help and don't really know where to go. So that's exactly. So that's how I see my journey. You know, it was just something that I had to go through to make me a, a better, more compassionate and caring counselor uh, for others. Hmm. So now, the, the folks you're helping in Mexico, are, you, are, are they speaking to you in Spanish or any, did you learn Spanish as well? I'm learning Spanish. I would say I'm kind of hmm. intermediate 
okay. but with uh, Google Translate, I mean, we can talk and they oh, can okay. talk and, and it's just like I'm talking with you right now. So yeah. technology really has blessed me in more ways than I can count because, I mean, it doesn't matter the country I go to. Uh, yeah. We have tools available to where we can understand each other and, and make progress. Interesting. Wow. So you're getting people walking into your shop right now and you you just turn on Google Translate and you're counseling them when I went there. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. So mo- mo- now most of my clients are still in the U.S. So okay. I said, even though I travel, I definitely won't forsake you. Sure, so sure. I take wherever I'm at, they get a small slice of uh, my adventures, too. So that's actually like a double bonus. Yeah, that's nice. And now you uh, you, you you said you want to take a sabbatical for a few years around the world. So so are you looking at moving on from Mexico to somewhere else? or, or Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so from here, um, I, I haven't narrowed it down, but I wanted to go to Southeast Asia uh, and okay. either Singapore, Bali or Vietnam. All three okay. are absolutely amazing. I've been yeah. to all three in the military, but oh, wow. I've never been to them um, as a civilian and at this stage in my life. So I definitely wanted to go back and um, definitely start there because it's warm. So I know it's a little cold <laughs> in the U.S. So I wanted to kind of steer clear <laughs> of the north for right now. Oh, yeah. oh man, you got to rub it in too, don't you, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, that's great. So you're spreading yeah. spreading your good word and good vibes all over the world. That's awesome. So what what do you what do you envision for yourself? I don't know, three five years from now, are you are yeah. you trying to blow up virtual coaching? Kind of stay where you're at, or, or do you have a, a a growth plan for yourself and your program? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I actually started my company uh, 2021, Magnificent Mindset Coaching. Okay. So I started with counseling and then it kind of transitioned to the coaching side. And then I kind of started consulting because it's too many people for me to personally help. So I wanted to actually train and work with individuals who want to do what I do on a global scale. So after starting my uh, company, I definitely wanted to, uh, my first client was in Brazil, uh, a friend, uh, physician uh, who was struggling with some challenges. <clears throat> and she knew a friend in Australia, you know, her brother's um, a childhood friend uh, who needed some challenges, who uh, had some struggles that was in Australia. And she knew someone from Ethiopia that she met in college and they worked together on. So it just kind of started blossoming, you know, the Mm -hmm. idea of just helping individuals all around the world. So I'm going to do this till I die. I'm in my, I'm in my gift. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's really beautiful. Every day you you just wake up with joy in your heart, uh, willingness to serve, and my whole goal is really just helping people be great, just whatever that is. Let's figure it out, find it, and just go be great. So you mentioned um, kind of transitioning from from counseling into more coaching. Can you explain the difference between the two? Absolutely, yeah. Counseling is really dealing with challenges and stuff from your past. Coaching is uh, hmm. wh- where do I see myself now and what do I want my future to look like? Hmm. And you really can't. That, that picture is kind of fuzzy on the coaching side until you deal with a lot of the trauma and stresses and stuff that you had from your past. So, and, and I know that from personal experience because I was only able to grow to a certain level until I had to really address uh, some strongholds that I was personally dealing with and that was keeping me down. So you can only go so high if you keep holding stuff that keeps you down. You can't do both. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
So do you find that a lot of people, you know, might start off, you know, when you're being more of a counselor, when you're working through some of their trauma, and then really you get them to a point where they, they've kind of overcome and brought a lot of that to light. And now their same person is in a position to really be coached and, and really excel to the next level. Absolutely. Taking them full circle. Yeah. Because, yeah. So, and, or uh, some will say, look, I just want to be coaching. I just, I just want some coaching and try to focus on the future. And then it comes up that they're struggling with, um, some, some unresolved things from the past. Okay. My mother abandoned me at four. I was mm. molested. Um, uh, yeah. it's, it's endless. What, you gotta work what through people, that first. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not so much. You have to work through that first. It's just that mm. these things will prohibit you from getting so far. You can only go so far and then you will stifle mm. until you resolve these. Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. So do you notice a difference in the people, let's say, you know, ones when you're from, you were counseling and, and now in the coaching, the people that are looking to excel into the future versus people that are just trying to overcome their past. Have you noticed any commonalities or, or differences between those groups and say, well, well, the people that have the trauma X, Y, Z, these other people, you know, FG, you know, are there different different traits that you've noticed about how they're different or similar? They're, they're really similar. Um, and, and that's why I said all of us want to be loved. All of us want to feel significant and, and that we matter. And whether you're now people are more reluctant to deal with the past. I'd rather just kind of like to focus on the future. Uh, but I say your future really doesn't exist yet until you deal with your past because you lived mm-hmm. that already. So if you survived it once, you can survive it twice. Yeah. And help, help helping them to see and understand until you resolve this, your future will still look a little glassy or blurry. Yeah, it makes a lot yeah. of sense. So I think we're kind of at that point in the show where we like to dive into our Wayfinder 4 questions that we like to ask everybody. You ready to ready to get hit with those? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That, that went quick. Than it I thought. is. It goes fast, isn't it? It's always fun. <laughs> All right. So first question, what is one hack that you use in your daily life? I'm an avid reader. Um, I, and I've been this ever since I was young, but I just finally learned how to read. Uh, I would say at 39, uh, with some help from Jim Quick. He's a individual, oh, yeah. who, uh, very prominent, uh, the boy with a broken brain. He has some amazing tools and techniques that help you learn how to learn. And it's, it's kind of funny and sad. I'm learning this after uh, almost 13 years in college, total, um, learning how to read and enjoy it. Because he said, if, you don't, if it's not fun, you're not doing it right. So mm. one hack um, is this book. It's called The uh, Mastering Your Emotions, Mastering Your Emotions. Um, one thing I've learned is that feeling is so powerful in reference to just the course of our lives and how we actually live. And most people are really out of touch with how they feel. Okay. So if you ask somebody, how you doing? I'm okay. I mean, what does that mean? How do you put that in, antiquate that into a feeling versus I feel outstanding. You know, I feel absolutely amazing. I just feel like I'm thriving. My feet, I got to check and see if they're on the ground. 
Okay, so helping people get to that place to understand just how important feeling is. So that will be one hack is really, for me, reading. Right. Love it. Yeah, we're both avid readers as well. So it's, yeah, and I agree with you. I think there's a point in my life when I, I just maybe didn't like it as much. And now I love to read. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah, yeah you just grow into it. Yeah. I've always liked to read, but, you know, I hadn't, I'd kind of become lazy with with reading, like actually sitting and reading a book and started recently doing that 75 hard that, you know, Adam did a, and talked about in another show we did. And it's making me have to read at least 10 pages every day. And man, I am finding it like I, I'm loving it again. I'm just loving reading. And I don't know why I ever stopped. I'm just like, why, you know, not that I stopped totally, but just Take got, a got out of it. I got distracted, you know, now that I'm forcing myself into it, like I don't want to stop reading. So that's, yeah, the average a person wants to, the, the average person once they get out of high school never picks up a book. And that's like eight out of ten. Once, <laughs> yeah. And for and for the ones that go to college, it's maybe six out of ten. Once they yeah. finish, they they just don't read no more. Yeah. So reading actually, if you take a two-hour movie and I ask you what was the movie about, you could probably tell me 90% of it. Yeah. But if you read a two-hour book and I ask you what it was about, you could probably tell me only maybe 10% of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was, by the way, I was the opposite. I I, I read one book in all of high school in ninth grade, oh, wow. and I used it for all of my book reports throughout high school and didn't read another <laughs> book at all. You got away with that? I swear to God, I did. It was a pig man by Paul Zindel. Absolutely <laughs> awful book. I don't recommend it to anybody, but I don't okay. know why. <laughs> but yeah, and then I became an avid reader after the, in college. I don't know why. And I, it, it was just the complete opposite for me. But um, anyway, so tell us a, a favorite, Sean. A favorite book? It could be a could book, be a movie. Yeah. It could be anything. Something that's a favorite for you right now. A, a, music, a favorite? Yeah, uh, yeah I, um, I, I don't watch TV. Uh, uh, favorite music? I mean, I'm really just into meditation. Our society is moving so fast. We're constantly being bombarded with, with information digital information, cell phones, podcasts, TVs. I mean, it's just an avalanche of just mm -hmm. information that's constantly coming at us. Um, and people are so moving so fast. They, their brain can't take time to not only process, but also a lot of people don't sleep well because even though you're sleeping, it doesn't mean you're resting. So for me, meditation really helped me to slow down. Yeah. Not only just my thinking, but to be still to allow my body to replenish, to recharge. And I didn't, I didn't know because I'm just learning. I'm making up in five years what I've messed up in 40. Mm -hmm. And really just learning to uh, be around positive people, do empowering things that make you feel good. Just go out in nature and get some sun. But my one would be definitely meditation, learning to sit still in your own thoughts because this is what people don't do sit still long enough in your own thoughts without being entertained yeah. and enjoy. Do you, do you have any, sorry, not to jump on the first question again, but do you have any hacks for people trying to get started meditating? Do you, like you suggest using Headspace or Calm or any of those apps or anything, or how did you start? It's not really the, um, the, the, the app, I would say you can start with three to five minutes. It's the time that people struggle with the most. I, I, I ain't got the time. So I say, listen, you can just start with three to five minutes, whether it's on your lunch break, whether you're on the on a, on a restroom. I mean, stuck 
at a traffic light. Mm -hmm. Just start there. So we, we got a lot of different tools to do it. But the hardest part is really just getting them to sit still long enough to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. So what is a piece of advice you would give your 25-year-old self if you could go back? My 25-year-old self, start doing gratitude. Mm -hmm. Learn to be grateful. Learn to really appreciate what you have. And I didn't, and, and in retrospect, looking back, I, I see a lot of my pitfalls was really at my own demise. Um, it, it wasn't I had short, no opportunities. And, and this is where people really fall into the pigeonhole because we have so much stuff in America that we throw away that other countries would kill for. And I'm mm -hmm. seeing it when you travel more, we have people live exceptionally beautiful lives with a lot less stuff, but we put so much stuff on commodities and things and we lose ourselves in the process. And it's hard to get back if you get too far away or detached from yourself. So I would say definitely learning to be grateful for what you have. I love that. Um, what is something that you think keeps people from being happy? I looked at that one and I thought about it for about a good 40 seconds. It's a number of things, but if I can really put it on one thing, I would say it's their own thinking. And the reason I say that is because that's one thing that kept me from really being happy. I was doing a lot of stuff, but I wasn't happy with none of it. Mm -hmm. And again, this is where the gratitude helps you with that because you become ungrateful and don't even know it. Yeah. So the, the society we live in now is considered what's called entitlement. You look at the millennials. Mm -hmm. I mean, th this is just supposed to happen. I'm supposed mm -hmm. to have a car. I mean, that's the basics when that's not true. So what really keeps people unhappy, in my opinion, is they're not grateful for what they have. Yeah. So, Sean, if, if people want to know a little bit more about you, how can they go about doing that yeah i have a uh, definitely a email me uh info at magnificent mindset coaching.com i know it's a long title but the, uh, I, the other ones were taken so info at magnificent mindset, mindset coaching.com and mindset. i definitely mindset coaching.com and uh definitely um if you, I, I take questions if you just got somebody you want to talk to somebody i ask got some stuff going on in my head and just need some maybe a point in the right direction so some people don't need counseling i say hey maybe you just need a point in the right direction you know so and and we'll go from there but whatever it is let's figure it out and we'll get you on the right path great is that, that a website too uh actually no my website is being redone okay so that that's the only reason i didn't get that because i'm actually having to revamp it no worries. Uh, be, be, because it's outdated. But yeah, definitely. Uh, my will it be that? There. Will that be the website, though? My magnificent mindset coaching.com? Yes. Okay. So look that out for it, be. folks. So yeah, come in uh, to a, a town or, or country near you. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> And we'll throw your email address in the show notes. So if the listener, if you if you didn't get a chance to write all that down, just go to the show notes and you can get a hold of Sean that way. 
Yeah, and spell it, yeah, because I mean, how do you spell magnificent? I, I, I had to spell it three times before I made sure it was the right one, but yeah. <laughs> and he's a doctor, folks, so. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah. Well, man, we really appreciate you coming on. This has been a lot of fun, and I guarantee our listener just got a lot out of, of hearing you speak, and and I, I I look forward to following you along in your journey and seeing how many people you help all over the world and, and where yeah. you end up. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, I will keep you guys posted uh, if you if you like. Uh, but yeah, so from here, either Singapore, Bali, or Vietnam, and uh, yeah. I already uh, got people waiting for me when I get on the ground. So I, I guess that's uh, good. When that's is that going to be? When, when when do we leave? We yeah, actually leave when... this Saturday. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, going back to Houston. So oh oh okay. But from there, uh, we plan to be in the states as brief as possible. And then and then going to one of those three countries. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the Southeast Asia region. Yes. OK. Can't wait to f- find out how that goes and which one you choose. <laughs> I, I, I love Bali is beautiful. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been or not. Um, no. it, it, I mean, everybody is just chill. I mean, it's not the hustle and bustle. Um, it, it's just chill. So yeah. it's, it's really amazing. And I had to learn how to slow down again because yeah. you're, you just get in a system. Yeah. So, but it's nothing like the the modern U.S. in the sense of all, the, and and they get more done with less effort than we get done on purpose. So it's kind of cool. Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, that's been on my list to check out for a while, and I've never made it down there, but I'd love to. So yeah, that's good to hear. All right. Well, Sean, man, thanks a lot, and uh, again, we look forward to following you in your travels and. Uh, Thanks for sharing your knowledge with all of our listeners. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having me. So we'll talk soon. Yeah. Take care. Thanks, man. We hope you've enjoyed The Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.